What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 16 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I'm joined today by Zach Rolf. How's it going today, Zach? Not too bad, man. Got home from practice. Got a day off for once. <laughs> yeah, so how's your practices going? Pretty good, man. I got I got a really young team, a uh, bunch of freshmen and sophomore, and then we got, we got some modified kids because the way our practices work is our modified and varsity practice side-by-side. Side. Right. So... Um, actually, I'm sure you guys do too, right? You guys are probably a smaller program, right? No, Governor's, uh, so Governor's school does it oh, differently. Okay. Actually, can't we do it at Canton differently too. The first year when I was at Canton, we, uh, had modified and varsity together, but yeah, no modified practices separately. Oh, uh, see, I like, I, so we, we do side by side, which I really, I actually really like it. What it did for my program this year, well, last started, we, I started head coach last year at Corning. Right. Um, and what I did last year when I got there is we used to, they used to run the modified and varsity, like in the same room at the same time, but like running them different practices. Yeah. So I took that and I said, all right, I'm going to run both of them together. My, they're just not going to touch each other, obviously. Right. Like my modified kids don't wrestle with my varsity kids, mm-hmm. but they, those they'll stay with each other, but we're all working the same stuff. That makes sense. And my district has allowed the, the modified to start at the same time as the varsity. So I don't have to worry about like that one week delay that most modified programs have. Um, so we do that. And then what it did for my program was my modified kids from last year who had like never wrestled before, or like were kind of newish. They really got involved in like involved in the program more. So they really wanted to stay a part of the program and it really developed a lot of their passion and like their love for the sport a little bit better because they felt a part of what was going on with the varsity team. Yeah, that's cool because, I mean, they like you said, they can feel part of it. Sometimes the modified numbers up here might be low just because some of those 7th and 8th graders do go up to varsity. So the modified system kind of it falls behind, and some of those kids might not be interested, you know, going into ninth or 10th grade to wrestle JV varsity. So, yeah, I think that's cool that you guys kind of incorporate them into your practices as well. Again, they're yeah, going to be on the same page as varsity, so – cool right and our, our school makes it really difficult to bring our seventh and eighth graders up so we we are allowed to bring seventh graders up they're not allowed to come up at all mm-hmm. um and our eighth graders they have to pass obviously they have to pass, pass the um maturity test and the physical test but like they're like super strict about the physical test like everything has to be exactly perfect for you to go on like i had a kid last year who took the test and they were doing their sit-ups and I guess like two of his sit-ups were he didn't come up far enough for his his elbows to hit his knees or something like that. And they, they said, all right, you're done. You're out. Wow. Didn't even give him a chance to like fix it or nothing. They just said, bye. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It sucked. And I was relying on him to fill a spot last year too. So that was rough, <laughs> but um, hopefully in the future, it'll get a little easier, but it's okay. Cause they're modified is doing a good job being a part of the program. That's awesome. Um, we, uh, I had a, obviously we're not practicing or competing up here yet. So uh, there's a few governor guys. Well, I think just one of them, but maybe a few other New York guys that traveled down to Spooky Nook to uh, compete oh, yeah. at. There was a tournament down there. It wasn't on track. I saw it on Facebook. Yeah. I actually, um, Donovan Smith of Tioga, he wrestled Luke Riley of Elmira. So Donovan was a state qualifier last year. Yep. I know Donovan. Uh, yep. And then, um, Luke Riley was a state qualifier. He lost in the blood round, which would be this year, like now his seventh, eighth match. Yep. He lost in that round um, two seasons ago. 
Yeah, and then last year he ended up in a really tough weight where we had Chase Doglin and Logan Gumble. He, oh, he ended up taking third in that bracket, so he didn't actually go to states. But Donovan beat Luke Riley at that at that event with like a last second cradle. Hmm. So they're are they competing down there? Or they did. They competed. They they both went down to the Spooky Nook to compete. At but the I mean, like, break. but like, are they practicing during the season, or like, how's that working for them? I mean, obviously, some schools are doing different things. Oh yeah, all of our whole section right now is practicing. All of section four is practicing right now. Oh, that's good then. Well, okay, right, let me rephrase that. Um, there might be a school or two who's not, but for the most part, a majority of our sections all going right now, and we all start competitions. I think some of them start Wednesday. Yeah. Um. I know our guest that we're going to have on later. I'm going to talk to him about his uh, upcoming match. I believe it's tomorrow is their first match. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. So uh, that covers the uh, high school stuff. You know, in the next few weeks, more and more events are going to be happening in New York State that we'll talk about. But uh, getting into our college scene, uh, out in Buffalo, they hosted Bloomsburg on Thursday. Uh, Buffalo picked up the 28-10 to 10 victory over the Huskies. At 125, Tristan Daughtry won by decision. 141, Matt Ryan won by decision. 149, Tyler Raines won by major. 165, Noah Grover won by fall. 184, Giuseppe Hoos won by decision. Up at 197, Sam Mitchell won by tech fall. And at 285, Sam Schuyler won by major decision. A few of the extra matches in that, uh, they had, I think they had nine matches. At 125, Jordan Reyes won by decision. 149, Ben Freeman won by major. 165, Jay Nivison won by decision. 174, Marcus Petit won by decision. And at 285, Toby Cahill won by decision. Uh, so the Buffalo Bulls go four and three into the uh, heading into the max. A few Bulls did travel to Edinburgh for a little round robin with the Fighting Scots and the Appalachian State guys. Um, that was just a little round robin thing on Sunday. Sam Freeman went two and zero, and Jimmy Ryan went one and two, beating fellow New Yorker Sean Carter. Uh, down in Binghamton, their match against Hofstra was canceled. I believe it was a COVID issue in the Hofstra's program as Coach Borshoff tweeted out that he would be still practicing the next day. So, Oh, yeah, and they mentioned they would have a couple. They did, like, inter-squad matches, I think. Yeah. Somebody said that. I think, actually, it was Louis Dupre's dad, you know, said you should call out the 184 punter. I thought that was funny. <laughs> so they both have no matches left on their schedule, and they will both – be competing next at the EIWAs on the 26th. You sure it's not Big Tens? It is not Big Tens. I don't know if you know, but you wrote that in the doc and I had to fix it. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, okay. You said uh, the beginning. <laughs> I was just picking on you though. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I knew that wasn't the Big Tens. Uh, B- Binghamton finishes the year three and one and Hofstra finishes two and one. Of course, they had matches, you know, round robin style with SHU and Drexel. Down in Army, Army wrestled Navy. Navy picked up the win 20 to 13. The duel started at 165. 174, Benjamin Puzak of Army won by major. Up at 197, JT Brown won by decision. 133, Mark Montgomery won by decision. 149, PJ Ugunsanya won by decision. And at 157, this is where the match was going to come down to. We kind of expected to see Hartman. Navy's Andrew Cerniglia won by decision or won by major over Christian Hunt of Army. Obviously, you know, I was in the live chat, whatever it was that Willie Saylor was hosting, or maybe it was Jason Bryan, but either way, they're both in there. And they were talking about the Army-Navy duel, and I kind of kept them up to date. But, you know, we didn't see Hartman 
we saw uh, Christian Hunt. I think maybe if Hartman's in there, it could have been a tie match. Uh, Down in LIU, they did not compete, um, but they go into conferences uh, with the one and four record. A few of the New York college guys uh, that, you know, won matches over the week. At 133, Zach Redding, he won over number 15, Kyle Biscaglia, 6-5, ultimate tiebreaker. Um, I think he took the piss and vinegar out of him and, you know, got the ultimate ride out. Good. At 130. No, that's a big win, though. I mean, I, yeah, I, he's I'm ranked. pretty sure that's his first top 20 rank win. And obviously, like, Piscaglia had wins, I think, over Price um, and maybe somebody else that Redding lost to this year. So it's good to see him get that ranked win. Yeah, I'm excited to see how good Zach can be. I, th- I, I thought he would be really tough um, coming out of high school. I thought he could compete right away after, especially after watching him at Eastern States when he, when he beat Ryan Jack. That was an extremely impressive match. And Ryan Jack was no joke, obviously. But I think he uh, – I thought he would do really well, and I'm really happy to see that he's competing right away. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so also at 133, Sean Carter of App State, he had two two wins. He picked up a decision over Richie Markulix of Edinburgh, 10-5, and he majored Buffalo's Tommy Maddox, 14-5. Also at 133, Tyler Kellison, App State, pinned ta- Tommy Maddox of Buffalo and majored Markulix of Edinburgh, 15-4. He also decisioned Jimmy Ryan of Buffalo, 8-2, so he went 3-0 on the day. Uh, 141, Ryan Burgos decisioned Jimmy Ryan of Buffalo, 9-1. Up at 149, Joe Slowowski of Clarion. I don't think we've seen him much this year because we haven't talked about him, but he picked up a major decision over Messiah. 157. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was looking through there. I'm like, yeah, that's the guy from Wayne. And uh, that's the first time I've seen him this year. Uh, 157, Tom Askey. He pinned Alex Garcia and he majored him in the second match, 18 to 7. Up at 157, we see Ja'Cory Teamer back. Uh, He had a decision over Cal Poly. Duck. Raleigh Lemire. I think I think he's got to be banged up still because oh, I would imagine. I mean, you're not going to wrestle extra matches over wrestling David Carr unless you're banged up and don't think you have a shot right now. Because I think one of his last matches was against Thomas, I believe it was from Oklahoma, right? He lost. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's got a. I think he's just trying to get that four match minimum so he can he can go to nationals without worrying about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so 157, Parker Cropman of Drexel, he won a decision over George Mason's Daniel Segura, and he had a 15-6 major over Ryder's Cole Macomos. 165, Evan Barzak won over Neil Schuster of George Mason, 6-0. 165, Jake Silverstein won by decision over Evan Barzak's 5-3, so that was a New York battle. And up at 285, Ali Salem um, from George Mason won by decision over Derek Rose of Drexel. Uh, not a bad week for the New York guys. No, I mean, I was just continually typing people in there. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a good good week for New York, for sure. A few of the other New York or uh, NCAA notable matches. At 125, Rayvon Foley had a nice ranked win over Devin Schroeder, 10-4. to you know, four. I knew we'd get back on track eventually. I was just a week early, that's all. That's all, yeah. Obviously, uh, Rayvon was ranked 13th going into the match. Schroeder was ranked 9th. You know, Rayvon had a few losses. Um, I think he was ranked 2nd or 3rd at the beginning of the year. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice one for him. Um, also at 25, Malik Heinzelman won by decision over Kurt McHenry. Um, we saw McHenry. Match. Yeah. Um, it was good to see McHenry in the lineup. Obviously, he's a little small right now. but He did look a little small. But you know what? He he. The bright side is Malik's also not a very large 125-pounder. Right. But 
I was excited to see that match again because the match of who's number one was crazy. If anybody remembers that, uh, Kurt McHenry is down late with, I don't know, I think they restarted with four seconds to go, and he hit him with a nasty duck to win the match, got up and partied on him a little bit with the money, <laughs> with the money, Manziel, or whatever you want to call it. That was that was a crazy who's number one match I remember, and seeing that rematch was fun, although uh, McHenry did seem a little wobbled with his knee during the match, so hopefully he gets healthy. But it sounds like um, Ragason's having a really hard time making 125, so there might be a little opening between McHenry and Drew Matten to take that 125 starting spot. Yeah, it's good for them. Um, obviously, if Stefan Mijic comes back, um, it's not a good good spot for Ragason to be in. But no. Also at 133, North Carolina's Joe Heilman won by decision over Louis Hayes, 2-0. to zero. Um, so I thought that was interesting because usually at 133, North Carolina sends out Hernandez, which is a starter. And, you know, they send out one of their backups and he, they take on Louis Hayes of Virginia and beat him two to zero. It's you got to think that that has something to do with Gabe Tag leaving because, I mean, you got a room at 133 with Joe Heilman and Jamie Hernandez and Gabe Tag. Yeah. You got to think maybe Gabe was number three on the ladder and that's why he <laughs> wanted to leave because – Common goes out and beats Louis Hayes. Clearly, he's he's got he's got some some stuff. Yeah, that's definitely uh could be a factor in his decision. Up at one forty nine, Ohio State Sammy Sasso won by decision over Kanan Store of Michigan eight to one. Sammy Sasso, dude. Yes, sir. I thought I was really hoping we'd see another cradle, but that's because I wanted to beat Michigan. But I didn't catch the uh, start watching the match until I believe one seventy four. It was a good duel. I thought it was very competitive. and it was, uh, There was a couple of bores, a couple of boring matches, but uh, for the most part, it was pretty exciting. Everybody was scoring points. Uh, this one was – it was closer at first than it, than the score seems. Sammy kind of pulled away a little bit late. I love Sammy Sasso. Yeah, he's fun to watch. For 165, Jake Keating, 10th ranked uh, out of Virginia. He won by decision over Kennedy Monday, North Carolina, 18 to 15. Um, Monday was up 11 to three in the match. That was wild. He just kind of fell apart. He just broke. He just fell yeah, apart and yeah. broke. Yeah. There's a picture of him. I think or Keating having his hand on yeah. Monday's back or head and Monday just looks broke. He's just laying there. Yeah. I listened to um, some of these ACC guys on Jake Hughley's podcast, Matt geeks. And, you know, yeah. I, I listened to Jake Keating's podcast and I, I was a big fan of him. Interview came out a couple months ago, but yeah, um, well, it was a little while ago. Yeah. It's, it was fun to listen to, you know, his story. 165 in the ACC is, is packed. You know, it's, I'm excited to see how 165 kind of plays out, especially after, you know, this next match we're about to talk about with Wenzel beating uh, Lewis. Yeah. Regardless if it was injury default, he was up basically 4-0 because he had Ronnie time locked yeah. with a minute to go in the match. And I, anything can happen, but Wenzel had a saddle put on Makai Lewis's back. So Yeah, so as Zach's talking about, that's Jake Wenzel of Pitt. He won by injury to fall over number one ranked Mikai Lewis of Virginia Tech. Injury fall in five minutes, but uh, as Zach mentioned, Wenzel was up three to zero with with riding time. So this way is just super interesting. I know. I, I still probably would pick Mikai in a rematch, but I mean, you, you know, I'm not counting Jake Wenzel out of anything. He's looking really good, and I'm excited to see him compete against other guys in the top top, top ten. Yeah, same as me. Uh, 184, Rocky Jordan won by major decision over Jelani Embry of Michigan, 13-0. That's pretty impressive for Rocky Jordan to put up that many points. He had to have listened to last week's podcast. I think he did. He had to have, because I called him out for being bad on top. Not really bad on top, obviously, but, like, 
I called him out for not being as good as Bo on top or yeah. Michael. And he said, watch this. He said, he watch this. Yeah, put he put up some points, tilt, man. He just put on a tilt clinic or on Jelani Emery, who's a very good Division One wrestler. Up at 197, Caden Russell of Duke. Uh, picked up the only win for Duke over NC State, and that was a win over Isaac Trumbull in 44 seconds. Uh, you know, that was huge. I, I didn't watch the match. I can only assume Isaac Trumbull might have tried doing something. He likes to lock up on their feet, and uh, maybe Caden Russell just pinned him. I don't know. I didn't watch the match, though. Did you? I didn't either, but now I kind of want to go find it because yeah. I didn't know that happened until right now. Yeah. I mean, Duke only scored six points in the duel, and that was the six points. Pretty big upset for Caden Russell. Um, down to the Cowboy Challenge, uh, Dayton Fix. He, or we saw him, you know, at 133, first time this season. He had three falls going on the day, picking up first place. Up at 149, Brock Muller, one over Bula Wallen, seven to five overtime. Up at 197, Noah Adams, one over Fast Twitch Ferrari in the semis. And then he lost, he took his second loss to Buchanan of Wyoming, six to four. So, you know, Buchanan's got two wins over Adams this year. I don't know what to read out of that. I mean, he's he's good. He's 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 been good. Right. Um, I'm distracted because I found the cradle. Oops. If you want to see this real quick, because it was not close. Like he just made he just made it look real easy. And that's you never know with a Trumbull. I mean, some of those matches he looks like maybe the effort's just not there, and then all of a sudden he flicks a switch and like out of nowhere he's putting somebody on their back. But yeah. He got taken down early, real. He got taken down real fast. Yeah. And then Russell threw in a leg, went cross body. Uh, Trumbull kind of stepped up with his head down a little bit, and uh, Russell slapped on a cradle, rolled him through, and stuck him. Yeah, he's got the uh, the length. To, I mean, I don't know Russell's uh, statue, but obviously uh, Trumbull's a pretty tall dude. He's jacked. What is that cradle? <laughs> he looks jacked. <laughs> so up at two eighty five, Colton Schultz of Arizona State. He. Won the match for Arizona State. The match is coming down to them. I think it was 17 to 15, and uh, took on Iowa State's Cannon Gremmel. He won in tiebreaker one, three to two. Uh, so, they, uh, like I said, that match sealed the win for Arizona State over Iowa State in their home gym. I heard uh, that there was a a protest or like or a challenge or something by Iowa State. Yeah, I saw <laughs> All that. Of Arizona State just left. They just walked away. They didn't even stay near the mat. <laughs> I don't know how that ended up turning out or what the protest was about. I don't either, but I think the the results stood. So they took the twenty to fifteen win. Uh, heading into kind of our premier duel of the week, so to speak, Penn State versus Michigan. Penn State picked up the eighteen to thirteen uh, win over Michigan at Michigan. Um, it was kind of good to see Penn State, you know, back in the swing of things. I think the last one of the last times we saw them, they were kind of kind of flat, so to speak. At one twenty five, we saw Robert or Robbie Howard for the first time. It looks weird calling him Robert, but I know I agree. It was really weird. Um, um, yeah, that was a good match. He 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 knocked off Jack Medley, who's a really good wrestler. He beat ten national qualifiers, including Jack Camacho last year. So I mean, that's a that's a quality win. Everybody's saying, oh, he beat a backup, but Jack Medley's tough. Yeah, and then up at one thirty three, as we talked about before, Ragason bumped up. He took on Roman Bravo Young. Uh, he lost nine to two. You know, up watch. until the third period, this was competitive. Oh, yeah? I mean, Roman Ravro Young, it was clear that RBY was going to win the match, but Ragason was hand-fighting with him well and moving his feet well, and uh, RBY got a late takedown in the first period. But I, Ragason didn't look bad overall, I don't think. And 
some people were like, oh, he looked big at 133, but he weighed in at 129. And I personally didn't think he looked big. Um, but I also don't think Roman Bravo Young looks like a big 133 pounder. No, so, I don't either. Um, I can't take much out of it, obviously. I think Raggison's going to work his way back down or at least try to work his way back down to 125, hence why he weighed in four pounds over. Yeah, 129. Yeah. Um, so up at 149, Canaan Store of Michigan won over uh, by decision over Terrell Bearclaw, four to three. Uh, that's just one of a few guys that Penn State has at that lineup or in that lineup at 149. 157, Brady Burke. What's that? I want to know what they're going to do at 149. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I have a listener question about I, I, that. I put that in there. So we'll get to that um, at the All end right. of the show. Okay. Yeah. 157, Penn State's Brady Burge won over decision three to one over uh, Will Luan. That was a ranked match. Bird was uh, 11 and Luan was eighth. 165, Cam Amin won over decision. Joe Lee, four to one. 174. This was an interesting match. Uh, it's the close, pretty close seven to one match. Carter Strachey of Penn State won by decision over Logan Massa. Tiebreaker won. Um, well, it really wasn't tiebreaker one, I don't think, but it was no, I it was right outs. Yeah, yeah, 30 second right outs. Uh, so the lesson learned in this was don't scramble from bottom because Massa was kind of up to his feet and then he rolled under to catch an angle and he kind of caught or Carter kind of caught him in that Win Dixie position almost, but like he got four near fall out of that and then picked up an escape. Yeah, I don't, or four, I, yeah, yeah. I wish I could read Logan Massa's mind and what he was thinking there. Like, why, why are you dive rolling? in that situation you were to your feet worst case scenario start kicking away if he's got your ankle you're gonna get stall call or something but like don't don't roll through your back i I was dumbfounded i thought i thought stroke or yeah stroke was about to get a a major possibly because he was up by six just needed a takedown i was yeah we're gonna we're gonna start calling him strokey is that what listen to shane sparks strachi you know oh that was driving me nuts it drove me nuts and like every time i listen to somebody say that like then it just makes me want to say that um, so yeah, strokey. Um, yeah, but like he was up five to one after that move. And then in the, the second ride out, he took bottom and Massey tried to clamp on and it was kind of the, the Fleming's snap grip thing, r- r- jump over thing. So he gave up a point there and then he gave up a, an escape. So it was a seven to one match yeah, um, up, up at one eighty four. Aaron Brooks won by decision over Jaden Bullock. Bullock impressed me though. I, I don't know. I don't know if Bullock the first, the first me. period he impressed me. Well, he did. He, he went out and got a takedown, right? Yeah, he might have had two takedowns actually in the whole match. He had to think he had a takedown in the first and a takedown in the third because Brooks was coming at him, and we thought maybe this was going to be a major. And yeah. and Jaden took him down. I, I honestly thought both teams looked really flat. Um, I think. I mean, the the one person who impressed me probably the most on Michigan was Cam Amin. I thought he looked really. I thought he looked good. I think he's going to have a really good career as a. And he's. I mean, he's only a this, freshman. This was a duel actually that I started at 174. Um, so I miss. I mean, versus Lee, and then I just, I caught Siraki Siraki versus Moss. Yeah, yeah, that was impressive. The Brady Bergie match, a Willowan match, was ungodly boring. They didn't do anything for seven and a half minutes, or for. Six I saw your tweet. Minutes. Yeah, I, I, a couple of the matches were like that. Bergie was like that. Um, There's a lot of close matches in the duel that yeah, they probably weren't. Yeah, Soroki, Soroki and Massa was like that. It was super boring. I just, man, I'll never understand the OT arguers. Like, it's so boring. Can somebody be losing, please? 
Well, this brings up uh, the next one, 197, number one at 184 miles. I mean, obviously he's up at 197 now. He won by decision over Michael Beard, eight to five. You, you kind of tweeted out, this isn't the same miles. I mean, we saw. Yeah. Before. You know, he, he had some really good wins at the world championship in 2019 qualified for the Olympics by taking fifth in the world. And the guy we've seen the last two matches against, you know, Mac, Michael Beard and Gavin Hoffman have not been that same guy. I, I thought he would come out here at 197 and just kind of blow everybody out of the water. Um, that being said, he cleared his hands a little banged up, obviously, and um, he's just kind of getting back in the swing of things. I just, I don't know. I think, I think he'll he'll turn it around and win the national title. But um, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody else take him out. Um, I agree. Especially at 197, that's pretty open weight. Right. Um, up at 285, Mason Paris of Michigan, won by Major over Seth Nevels, 12 to 2. Mason looked pretty good. Um, definitely pretty athletic, big dude. I don't, I don't know. I, I still would would have liked to see Kirkfleet versus Paris if, you know, obviously if he was healthy and was in the lineup. Yeah, I, man, that's the top three guys in the country right now, and one of yeah. them's out, so it kind of sucks, but. How many other teams have the number nope. three guy in the country out and have Seth Nevels on the backup at number 13? Yeah, I was going to say that. I was like, their, their depth at this weight for Penn State is, you know, something good to have because Nevels is a, is the real deal. Um, he's, you know, probably an All-American contender guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be round of 12 competing yeah. for, for a podium spot. Uh, so funny story about, you know, Michigan and whatnot. I believe it was Miles Amin's senior year of high school. Maybe it was junior year. I don't know. But he was down in Virginia Beach wrestling. And I was at a bar, uh, a restaurant, bar and grill thing. We were sitting at a table eating our dinner. Um, I was with Joel Bear, somebody else, maybe Carter. But uh, we looked at the the bar and Joe McFarland was sitting there. He had his, you know, University of Michigan jacket on. And Joel was like, hey, is, isn't that Coach McFarland of Michigan? I was like, yeah, I think it is. So he went off and talked to him. And then McFarland and I talked, you know, because – my name, I guess, or people called me back then was Brain, you know, because I kind of knew stupid facts about wrestling. And uh, so McFarland calls me the Brain, and we we go on our way. We see each other over the weekend at the convention center. Well, the next year, I'm walking down after, between mats, and McFarland sees me, and I go up to him, shake his hand. He's like, hey, what's going on, Brain? And just like a guy like that where you're, you know, he's a Division One national coach, top five team in the country, top ten team in the country. And he just, he knows you like a year afterwards and you've only got nuts. Yeah. It's just, it's something weird. Like uh, coach bear and I were talking about it um, as, as we left Murphy's pub and uh, grill. I think it was called that just, you're not going to do that in like basketball. You're not going to go up to uh, a basketball coach and have a conversation with him. And then especially right. the year later, he's going to know your nickname or whatever. So yeah, there's no way. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. And I've really haven't told that story. Yeah. It just goes to show you the, the community that's built. Just by just by being a wrestler, yeah. You know, just by being being somebody who's competed in this sport, there's there's a community of a ton of people that are just great people and really pay, kind of pay attention to to who else is there. Yeah. So uh, talking into our pickums now from last week, this was kind of upsetting because I think we had uh, six pickums that to choose from, and three of them went uncontested. So at you know 125, Dylan Ragason versus Malik Heinzelman. We didn't see that match. Sammy Hilligas versus Cole Matthews. We didn't see that match. And then Brevin Casella versus Ricky Stam. We did not see that match. 
the, first, the few matches that we did see that we kind of contested against, Eric Barnett versus Pat McKee. Um, we 17 both, to four. Yeah. We both picked McKee and what? Seven, yeah. 17 to four, man. I did not watch the match, but that I is either, bizarre. But I saw the result and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That is just on. I did not see that coming at all, but that just goes to show you like 125 is so mm-hmm. unpredictable. You never know. Somebody's got to be on their game. Um, but no, so it just shows that if anybody's like one, one step off, they're going to, they're going to probably, they're not going to win the match. Yeah, and when I saw it on Twitter that Barnett just destroyed somebody, they, I, they didn't even say the name. I just, you know, I was like, oh, McKee must not have been in the lineup. Nope, McKee was 17-4. to four. Bizarre. Uh, the next match we had was Brian Courtney versus Zach Sherman. Uh, I picked Sherman. You picked Courtney. Sherman won 5-4. to four. I'll get it back. Yeah, you'll get it back. You said ACC no title, so, yeah. I'll get it back. Yeah. And then Brody Teske versus Brandon Courtney. I picked Courtney. You picked Teske. Courtney won five to three. So, you know, I ended up going to one. I wasn't entirely wrong. You know, Teske got majored by him last year. And here he is losing a two-point match. Yeah. He's definitely closed the gap. No. But, I mean, I was two and one. You were on three. And then we had three non-contested. Yeah. I'm I'm one and two now. I got to get one of these weeks back. I win this week. I know. We got a couple more weeks left in the NCAA season. So uh, on to our freestyle stuff, uh, the Americans Cup. We talked about day one of it. Um, a little bit of talk on day two. The first place match, Team Simon Roberts won over Team Lloyd Kieser at 57 kilograms. Daniel DeSager won by Tech Fall over Giuseppe Ray oh, Varel. Yeah. Uh, 65 kilograms. Pat Lugo, I guess he might have picked up the forfeit win over Evan Henderson. That match yeah, he got, a, he got a forfeit there. Yeah, I didn't know if he forfeited or it was a double forfeit. There was a lot of confusing forfeits going on during the week. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the teams kind of treated this like it was just another practice tournament, yeah. basically, like wasn't super important, which got to be frustrating to some people who kind of try to put this together for them because they put money up. They put money up for these guys to compete, and some of them just didn't really take it all that seriously. So I kind of feel bad for the people that put the money up. But yeah, that's I'm true. assuming what happened here was Lugo and Yanni were going to wrestle an exhibition, and with Henderson being Yanni's teammate, Spartan Combat probably just said, hey, Evan, you know, sit this one out. Let Lugo be fresh so he could get a get a match with Yanni here. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Uh, up at uh, 74 kilograms, Evan Wick won by decision over Chad Walsh, 8-6. to six. 86 kilograms, Mark Hall won by decision over Chris Boca, 4-3. to three. I was impressed with Foca in the loss. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, made, I made a comment last week or yeah, last week when we, when we talked about it before that, you know, they, they forfeited Foca and Max Dean. And I wanted to see Foca against a guy like Brett Farr because, you know, there's a lot of hype coming out saying that he's going to be top notch guy right away. Um, and this just kind of confirmed that, you know, he, he lost a four, three match to a national champ. He did Junior beat Four though, right? Huh? He did beat Farr though, right? I don't think yeah, I yeah, he did. put it down. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, but just kind of, I mean, I guess it confirmed it and then some more, right? I mean, he, he beat far and then he, he had a one point match with, with Mark Hall, which is no joke. Somebody that, that lost to Michael Kemmerer last year, who would have been in focus weight class or he beat Kemmerer last year too, who, who, who would have been at 174 with Chris Foka this year. Yeah. Um, it, it really sucks that we don't have a Cornell team wrestling this year. Super yeah, it just exciting. makes me excited to see like Julian Ramirez and Foca and all these guys. Like the list goes on with these young guys moving in. 
Um, yeah. And then you've got all the, the established guys like Yanni, Vito, Gabe Dean, uh, Ben Darmstadt. They've got a fun lineup that people are going to be, I think, wowed by next season. Yeah, absolutely. So 97 kilograms, Mike Mock won by decision over Ben Hannes, 7-1. At 125, Nick Wazdowski won by fall over Garrett Ryan eight to, or, uh, in three minutes and 44 seconds. So, yeah, as we mentioned, the exhibition in that match was Yanni Diakmahalis wrestling Pat Lugo. Yanni picked up the 7-2 to win. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. That was a good match. Uh, Yanni, Yanni looked good, I think. And, you know, Lugo came out and got a quick takedown, which was, I think, surprising. Um, but after that, Yanni controlled the match. Um, he had a really nice little uh, knee over chest wrap go behind that was – it almost looked easy with how clean it was. Um I just, I, Yanni's obviously on another level right now, but um, it speaks to Lugo a little bit that he was able to keep that a close match. And I, I honestly, the match I want to see with Lugo is Ashnall. Yeah. I think their styles clash a lot. And I think there'd be a lot of, a, a really fun match to watch. Yeah. Cause we saw Ashnall wrestle Evan Henderson at the uh, flow card and that was a six, six right. match, but I, I just feel Lugo's kind of working his way up the ladder and he's, he's right there, but he's not like at Lugo or he's not at Yanni and, uh, you know, Zane's level yet or Joey McKenna maybe, but right. Yeah. How about Yanni? How about Yanni wrestling nation on the NLWC card? That's pretty exciting. Cause, uh, I think Yanni was supposed to wrestle maybe nation and then Saunders end up stepping in. I think that was yeah. day one of the competition. Well, I'm wondering if maybe that was on purpose cause they knew they were going to be wrestling on the NLWC yeah. card. Yeah. That's what I so kind of took out of it as well. Yeah, so now that was announced afterwards, obviously, but Nation's also wrestling Zane, which I think is kind of funny. I mean, I don't think Nation I, I could be wrong and maybe Nation goes out and gives them both a match, but I, I don't I'm not sure that's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see Yanni wrestling Zane there either. So is yeah. it is Zane wrestling Henderson too? I don't know. I, I thought just I saw that there was another one for Zane. Yeah, he's he's got two. Uh, they just announced Thomas Gilman versus Sean Russell before uh, we started the show. Oh, look at that! I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, a few of the other notable matches in that yeah, second day. Vito Leglace Pirelli via Vito's legs. Very interesting. They kind of got tied up, and then I'm sure it's something Vito has practiced. But you know, you step in with the legs, and he kind of just did a forward. <laughs> Vito does things that he doesn't practice all the time. Yeah. Just stuff with him and Yanni that not necessarily they make up, but like they improvise and uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wiz picked up a decision over Don Bradley, three to zero. Nation over Henderson, 12 to two. And Yanni had a 14 to 10 win over Mitch McKee after beating him 11 to zero the day before. You know, Nation beating Henderson 12 to two is surprising to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, Henderson's had close matches with a lot of guys on the ladder, like, like Ashnall, um, that make me think maybe Nation going up isn't going to be as big of a problem for him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen Russell Joey, but I would put Joey up there in that top tier with, with Yanni and Zane and J.O. But maybe maybe Nation's right there in that second tier. I don't think he's ready to make the team at 65, but him beating Henderson shows that he's right there. Yeah, and then Yanni's match against McKee was pretty interesting. Um, Yanni yeah, kind of go, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Here was my assessment of this. So yeah. the day before they wrestled already, and Yanni beat him eleven to zero, kind of, kind of handily, um, or I guess really handily. But this match, it looked like Yanni said, "I'm gonna go get head pinched and see how it feels." 
and almost on purpose. Like it was like, I want to go put myself in this guy's best position and see if I can win the match. He put himself in the wheelhouse a lot. Obviously we saw it like right. it, it, you got head pinch, you got head pinch and he just kept putting himself in there, which, yeah, I can see that, you know, trying to figure out positions. Cause we know Yanni is a student of the sport and he wants to do what he can do to be, you know, better. If, if Mitch McKee has one of the best head pinches, you know, he wants to be able to defend that not only against him, but other guys as well. Yeah, that that's that was my assessment of the situation. I think Yanni went in there knowing Mitch McKee's going to head pinch me. Let me see if I can stop his head pinch while being right where he wants me. Yeah, and like I said, like coming off the mat, he looked in a in a daze because again, he's a student of the sport. He was just trying to figure out, like, damn, how did he head pinch me so many different times? Um, yeah, but he still got the job done, one fourteen to ten, but just a high scoring match. It was, guys- it was fun overall. Well, they, there was a situation where they were both should have been pinned, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. Yanni put himself in a really cradle. bad cradle. Uh-huh. And then McKee, Yanni ended up putting McKee right on his back. Now, this was a weird – this is where the refs – I mean, the refs were terrible in this match overall. But the ref, like, McKee's head went out of bounds, and then Yanni, like, ran him back inbounds. And about five seconds later, while they're almost in the middle of the mat, the ref blows him out of bounds. Like there are like if you were gonna blow him out of bounds, blow him out of bounds when their heads out. Don't wait until he's already circled him in ten seconds later to then say, "Oh no, he was out of bounds." Let's blow this back. Yeah, and then the the side judge comes out and starts talking about something. But yeah, it was just a very confusing. Yanni's like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, a few of the notable guys that went on defeated: Jaden, uh, Jaden Cox, Gwiz, Marky Hall. They all went four zero. Yanni, Vito, Wick, and Dean went three zero. It's Max Dean, not Gabe. But I watched a little bit of the live stream that somebody had on, I think, North Carolina live wrestling streams. Just a few minutes of them practicing down in North Carolina over the weekend. I think Mark Hall was practicing with uh, Jordan Burroughs and a few other high-level guys obviously uh, flew down and practiced during the weekend. They had a whole camp. Yeah, it was was a camp. So there was more people than who competed at the event that were down there practicing. It was fun to watch. I agree. Uh, you want to bring us into the Captain's Cup? Yeah, so Captain's Cup this weekend, uh, first first event of its kind. It was it was super unique and a lot of fun for um, any young wrestler, any young female wrestlers out there that were kind of trying to get interested into the sport. But it was the first event where it was all female wrestlers, all female officials. Um, it, w- it was really cool. All female uh, coaches. Up, yeah, all female coaches, right. And uh, – <laughs> Flo ended up putting Adeline Gray on the call, which was really nice. She did a really nice job there um, for the most part. Right. For the most part. Um, team Mensa Stock ended up taking the team title over Team uh, Team Chikara Winchester, which was a lot of fun. Came down, uh, ended up being a 3-3 uh, tie that came down to tiebreakers of the, the – what the heck are they called? Classification points. Mm-hmm. Uh, which ended up being 13 or 14, 13 for team Mensa stock. Um, one of the big matches in that duel was Gracie Figueroa, the young sister of Richie Figueroa knocked off the number seven ranked guy or number seven ranked girl in the country in Abigail net. So that was, that was a big win for that, for that duel. Yeah. You want to bring uh, us right through the, uh, the upsets. Yeah. So there was, a good amount of upsets over the weekend, and all these all these rankings are the flow 
domestic female girl rank ranking. So at 50 kilos, Emily Shilson oh, defeated Amy Fernside. Uh, that's the seventh rank over the fourth rank. And then we had Hedrick over Heaton. Hedrick is uh, eighth at 57 kilos, and Ronda Heaton is fifth at 53. With 57 kilos net over Lou, uh, Louvet, seven over four. Uh, Sigioma over Louvet, which is an unranked athlete in uh, Sigioma, and Louvet, who's ranked fourth. Uh, Reyna over Mason at 57 kilos, unranked over 10th ranked. We had talked about Gracie beating net. 62 kilos, they had Kilty over Velti. Um, this is one of the matches where everybody like kind of lost their minds over this. I didn't really understand it. Everybody's like, oh, it's such a big upset. So great. Like I had Macy Kilty win that match and I thought it was a lock and she ended up teching her 11-0 and everybody was super like blown. Their minds were blown. Made no sense to me. Kilty's a savage. Um, she's the future of, of USA in my opinion. Um, then we had Jennifer Page over XMP. Um, I will not even try to pronounce her name. So I'm gonna go with XMP. That sounds good to me. Um, they're both ranked sixth of their weight classes, uh, 62 and 57. And then you had Fisk over Ortega. Uh, Fisk is seventh at 76 kilos. She came down to 68 for this event. Um, Ortega is fourth at 60, 68 kilos, which might be a reason why. Uh, well, 68 is a really deep weight in America for for the girls, so maybe that's why Fisk is up at 76 right now. Um, then we had Alexandria Glade over Ortega, which was the fourth ranked 68 kilo over the third ranked. Um, Kelly over Gladden and Geneva Gray, who is unranked over Gladden, who is eighth ranked. Yeah, I didn't realize Adeline Gray had a sister. Um, that I guess that wrestled maybe. Was, was is that who that is? I don't, yeah, I think their name. She said, That's my little sister. Oh, wow. I didn't even, I didn't even realize yeah. I didn't hear it. Yeah, and uh, it's awesome. pretty interesting to um, – I mean, maybe she was kidding, but I don't think she is. I, I looked them up on Instagram. Oh, I it. Yeah. So I a few of the – uh, um, there were six wrestlers that went 3-0 and um, on the weekend. One was Hildebrandt. She went 3-0. Uh, and She had a 28-0 to record. Yeah, I was just going to say that. She killed it. Yeah. Chikara Winchester, she went 3-0. and She was 22-4. and uh, Reyna was 32-16. and Kilty 31 and 0. She was non scored upon. Mensa Stock went 23 and 0. She had two pins. And Diamond Guilford went 22 and 1. Uh, those were the people that, you know, the, the points they scored versus points they allowed. Uh, they all went 3 and 0. It was an awesome event for the women. And uh, yeah, really, I actually I didn't get to watch a whole ton of it, unfortunately. Um, I actually let my one of my girls on my on my wrestling team she's interested in going to college and i said hey take this i gave her my login and told her to go watch some some girls wrestle and she she really enjoyed it um she was really happy to do that so any any coaches out there with any girls wrestling that have any kind of passion make sure they're watching watching the sport make sure they're watching some girls wrestling because that might even help them decide what they want to do in the future yeah i agree um there's a girl up in governor that I think I mentioned she's a middle schooler, I believe still, but she is definitely uh she travels and stuff and competes in freestyle events, but she hasn't necessarily practiced freestyle a lot. So uh, to get her involved and watch these girls that are going from high school to competing in college and uh, on the world scene, um, I think it's big if you introduce them early. Uh, yeah, and into- my plan was to introduce them to, to freestyle last this last off season, but obviously the pandemic happened and, 
they weren't able to do that. So now they're all kind of scrambling because they. I have I have a few girls on my team who want to wrestle in college, but they haven't had a chance to wrestle freestyle because their first offseason would have been last year. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully we can see more because we didn't see a lot of freestyle at all over the spring, um, if any. Right. So yeah, hopefully we see more of that coming up. We didn't get into any pickums. We didn't write pickums down on the dock. You realize that, right? Uh, I, yeah, no, I figured we would do that when we did the the preview for next week. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we'll get into a, one of our listener questions from Chris Eames. He asked, with Penn State showing three solid choices at 149, who do you think gets to start in the postseason? Well, well I mean, you go ahead first. Well, you want to talk about the, the three of them? Yeah, so um, I actually – I'm really high on Terrell Bearclaw. I think he's really good. It was really fun to see him wrestle at one of the NLWC cards. Yep. Um, I, I – when when I'm ready to go, that's probably gonna be who I'm gonna who I say. But they also got uh, Jared Verclearin, who's a cadet world champion, and um, Luke Gardner, I believe, is the other one, right? Yes. So yeah. th- those are the three that I guessed. But you know, I hear from the grapevine he's still a small 149 pounder, but Bo Bartlett is kind of in the talks. Man, he's been weighing at 41. He just wrestled 149. He did. Um, in the he extra did. match, but like, man, if you're going to be weighing in at 49 or 41 for even part of the season, you're going to go up to 149 and compete now. Like, I don't know. I, it seems to me like they should have made that decision weeks ago. I know. Um, and Luke Gardner know, also I, just wrestled 57 in the extra matches in the duel against Michigan too. So um, I don't know what to read about that. Um, so maybe, yeah, if 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 we're going with those three guys, I'm gonna go with Bearclaw as well. I, as you mentioned, I saw him compete in the Nittany Line wrestling card on Rockfin, and I believe he's one of the Kale's younger brothers out of Utah. He trains at his club, Sanderson Wrestling Academy. Well, Kyler's, I believe. I that. Yeah, I think he was from Kyler's. Uh, I think he's from Utah. He trained at Kyler's Academy out there, and then he goes. Then he went to Penn State. Not entirely sure about that, but yeah. I mean, if Bo Bartlett's in the lineup, I mean, if if he's really an option, which if he is, why isn't he in the lineup? Like, he, why did he wrestle extra matches against Cole Matt and? Yeah, I mean, like I I knew he was score. I knew he was traveling to you know compete there, um, but obviously we didn't see him in the starting lineup. You know, going to WrestleStat, I did see that he got in the lineup or uh, he got an extra match against Matt and which he won eight to four, but. And Madden's, Madden's a quality guy. Madden's a good wrestler. So, like, it's yeah. not like he's he's beating backup scrubs or something like that. But I just don't get it. If you're going to put – if you're going to have him wrestle 149, if he is the best guy in the room at 149, why is he not in the lineup against Michigan where you need to win there? Who, who do they wrestle on the 19th? This coming 19th? Yeah, um, yeah. Ohio State. Oh, God, yes. What if we see him against Sammy Sasso? If you're going to start the guy, hey, why st- make his first match a number one guy in the country? Why not give him a match against Cannon Store first? I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, they did not that um, or Alex Meyer is a, a Sammy Sasso guy, but they did pull Mark Hall's retro and threw him out uh, against him at Iowa. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Kale's up, got something up his sleeve, here. you know. But with the fact that there is no red shirts, yeah. and he's clearly, I mean, he's wrestled matches with a Penn State singlet on, so it's not like he's. No, he's not coming out of a red shirt. I just think maybe we see him in the starting lineup um, against a guy like Sasso. Maybe not. May, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just trying to build his confidence. 
I, do I don't know. I mean, I don't got a plan. Kale clearly has a plan. I don't know what it is, but I'd, I'd like to know. I'd like to find out. I think there's a there's a viral Twitter video of Kale asking, "Do you got a plan?" So maybe we got to share a that. couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if I uh, to answer Chris's question, if I had to pick one of those three that you know we're talking about, it would be Bear Claw. You never know with if you oh, got Bo Bartlett in the lineup or not. I want to know. I I don't. I, I don't know. I want to know why. I don't get it. I don't get why you're you're even thinking about if if he wasn't gonna do it a couple weeks ago. I don't know why you're doing it now. Yeah. It's not like he's hurt. He's wrestling. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. And he's not wrestling. It's not like they're putting him. A, it's not like uh, Jacory Teamer situation where he's injured, so they're putting him against scrubby backups. He's wrestling quality guys. You beat Colt Matten. Um, I believe the last one he wrestled was was against another quality. Um, opponent as well like he's not wrestling bad guys yeah um yeah so i i have no other listener questions to ask so uh thanks for tuning in to another episode of more wrestling follow us on social media you can follow zach at wrestling 607 and you can follow me at more wrestling i'm also on facebook at more wrestling give this episode a like and give it a share and uh we'll be back with an awesome interview dropping on tuesday peace out Peace out.